This is Adam Tafel, and you're listening to The Success Recipe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Success Recipe. It's been a long time between drinks, but I've got some more content. It's a new year, and I'm ready to get things rolling well. So today I'm talking to Angela Gargano, who is a three-time American Ninja Warrior competitor, She's the founder of Pull Up Revolution and is an amazing fitness expert. Tune in. I hope you're ready. We've got some amazing conversations happening around her perseverance through injuries, um, different ups and downs that life has brought her way, um, and how she's persevered, especially through a crazy year of 2020 being COVID impacted. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. How are you? Good, how are you? Sorry it took me so long to get you a date. I've been like literally like slammed. <laughs> no, that's okay. I appreciate you taking uh, a little bit of time to have a chat with me. Yes, of course. So how's you everything? You know, do you, like, how do you know Bronte? Yeah, so um, random, uh, my cousin, uh, she's a stunt performer as well. And so um, just randomly last year, um, we had like a, a chill gathering and I met Bronte there um, and then yeah I reached out to her again end of last year and um, did an interview with her as well so um, Amazing. Yeah, I guess just through the stunt community. <laughs> I love it I love the stunt community. <laughs> yeah and it's obviously a, a pretty small community over here but um, yeah I was yeah. just looking through um, a lot of the stuff you've done and obviously had a pretty exciting exciting interesting life. Um, are you originally from the Boston area? No, I'm originally from New Jersey, and then I moved. Right. To, yeah, and then I moved to Rhode Island. Actually, Bronte okay. actually came. I mean, we're so close. She actually came to Rhode Island, and I was living there. We had like a whole two week adventure. Oh, nice. Yeah, I um, because I lived in Boston for like five years. So. Oh no way! Where like in the actual city? Yeah, so like in and around. So I was there from uh like in a 2012 to 2018. So I was working oh. as a trainer there and studied a master's degree at Northeastern and yeah, just kind of oh, living. Cool. I so, love Boston. I think Boston's like, I like Boston better. I'm in New York City right now and I like Boston way better. Yeah. How's everything going for you at the moment? Obviously, I know you had that rude experience last week with someone broke into your car. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the city's not horrible. There's just nobody here. Um, and obviously, I mean, I've been staying in my apartment, so I didn't know how bad, like, the homeless and all that stuff's going. I've just been staying, like, in my place, except for during the day, I'll, like, go to the park and stuff. But, like, I guess it's pretty bad here. <laughs> yeah. Man, that, yeah, that's yeah. just ruthless for someone to break in and, and steal your water. So when I saw that, I was like, man, that's brutal. You know what's crazy? Literally yesterday, my friend and I were walking down the street to the to Central Park, and there's, like, a homeless guy who, like, lives, like, it was on that corner where my car was, and he was drinking water, and I almost wanted to, like, look at the water and be like, is that my fucking water? But I was just like, just chill. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk to you um, a little bit about uh, a lot of the stuff that you've done, obviously, um, you know, with the Ninja Warrior and your fitness journey and some of the challenges you faced. Um, but yeah, are you okay just with starting, um, just kind of giving me a little bit of information about your background, yeah. kind of where you came from? Yeah, you're like cruising that? a little bit, just so you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little frozen. There we go. As long as, you, as long as you can hear me. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Cool. Um, so okay. yeah, do you, just giving us a little bit of a background. 
Yeah, sure. So, um, well, Mike, where should I start? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I grew up in New Jersey, obviously. Um, and, uh, I was doing gymnastics there and I wanted to do college gymnastics. So basically I, you know, looked for all the schools I could find and wound up going to Rhode Island, uh, for college gymnastics. And, uh, was really excited. Got like I felt like I really liked Rhode Island just because it was very small. Um, the school was small. I felt like I could really like get to know the people there instead of it being like this big massive school where like I can't really do anything. And when you're in athletics, if you're like Division One, normally like that's your whole life. Um, so it was nice to like be in a smaller school and be able to like have, have a life and do gymnastics still. Um, so did that. Um, actually went to school for biological chemistry. Um, so that's definitely completely different from what I'm doing now. Um, but went to school for biological chemistry, uh, did college gymnastics and during college gymnastics, it was my, my junior year. I was actually one of the, uh, a captain of the team. I was at practice and I was flipping around and tore my left ACL, um, during practice. So that was great. And that was like literally the first injury I ever had. So I really didn't understand the scope of how bad that was um so tore my ACL and kind of like really lost it because it was just like my identity like was always an athlete I'm an athlete I'm this I'm that and then all of a sudden that's all gone and you can't do anything um and it definitely you know took me by surprise and I definitely didn't handle it um that well when I was in college you know in college you're like all right I'm just gonna party instead because like what else am I gonna do like I was supposed to you know be doing sports before and now this is like now I don't have that um so I was able to come back um, definitely learned about my body during that process. Uh, came back my senior year. Wasn't really able to do really what I wanted to do. Like, yes, I came back, but it wasn't like, the, you know, the gymnastics I really wanted to get back into. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, college is over and you're in the real world. Um, so I went and actually worked at uh, Brown University. So I was working there uh, for my biological chemistry degree. I was using that, making compounds, doing all sorts of stuff. Um, lab coat and goggles all day, all that stuff. Um, and during that time, I was just really like, I'm like, I feel like I'm itching to still do something active. And I didn't really like going to the gym, honestly. Like I was bored, like, you know, normally in you know, gymnastics or just like we were talking about with my friend, like with stunts, like you're doing something. So that's way more exciting than like going to the gym and like just seeing weights and being like, okay, like, what do I do with this? Um, so I actually got into fitness competitions, but the fitness competitions that you're flipping around on stage and doing a routine and was kind of able to give me that a little bit of sense of going back to gymnastics and being able to do something a little bit more uh, with it. So was doing the biochemistry and exactly at the same time doing the fitness competitions. Um, never really thought that it would be able to turn into a career, honestly, like just was kind of like, I'm just doing this for fun. My career is always going to be science. It's fine. Um, during, during that time, I, I switched jobs. I was trying to get my PhD um, and I just couldn't get into the school I wanted. So I decided, all right, instead of trying to go get my PhD, I'm going to try and go into the industry, industry, which means like now, first I was in Brown, you know, small scale science. And now we're going to go to big scale, like lots of money, all that crazy stuff. So went and started working at, in Framingham, Mass, actually, this place called Gemzyme. Um, so I was working at Gemzyme and it literally like was so different because we had like, first of all, hazmat suit in. Um, so you're in a hazmat suit the whole time. Everything's larger scale. And it was just like, I knew right away that it really wasn't fulfilling me like at all. And uh, I was still doing fitness competitions at the same time. So still doing this job. And that was actually the overnight shift. So what I would do is um, to keep my training up at midnight, every, every midnight, I would have a break. So I'd do the run around the campus at, at night at night um, to make sure I was keeping myself in shape. And it was totally, totally crazy. Um, and 
every time I was there, I was just not thinking about being there. I was like, I don't want to be at this job. Like I knew I was making money. I was doing really well, had great health insurance. I'm like, but I was like, this is just not, this is, I'm just not feeling this. Um, so I, I always tell people that one day I went in and quit, which I did, but I also like planned it out. I was smart beforehand. I saved a lot of that money, um, to make sure that I saved up at least. And a lot of, if you ever talk to any really like well-known entrepreneurs, they'll tell you this, they'll tell you, make sure you save up at least like four or five months of rent before you leave that job, because you don't want to leave that job and then go right back into doing something you don't want to, cause you need money. Um, I'm going to move this way cause there's something drilling out there. <laughs> um, so like, so what I did is I took all that money and this way, when I was able to leave, I was like, all right, now I can, you know, kind of chill, know that I have a place to live and just really take the time to really figure out what I'm going to do. Uh, cause I really didn't have a full plan. So, uh, left the job, um, started teaching coaching gymnastics and, uh, while I was coaching gymnastics, the lady let me coach the parents, uh, fitness and teach boot camps with them. So as I'm teaching the kids, the parents are like, I want to be strong like this. And I'm like, you can be. So started teaching, you know, making boot camps at night and stuff like that. And it just started evolving into this crazy thing. It just started all of a sudden it's like, you know, you start with two people and this took a while for a while. I had like two people in my boot camp class always. And I was just like, yeah. all right, this is never going to work ever. Um, and then I kept, you know, kept, just kept going with it, kept being excited about it. And then all of a sudden it's like, you've got a massive following of people who are just like, I want to be fit with you. I love this. Da, da, da. And I'm like, wow, this is literally completely crazy. Um, so obviously the next step for that is you obviously you open a gym, right? That's like, what else? Like, that's what you got to do, right? Yes. <laughs> what are you going to do? Like keep staying in there. So crazy me found a spot. I don't know how, I just can't remember. It was like through a friend of a friend and I didn't know what I was doing at all. Um, and I bought a gym <laughs> and put all my savings into it, opened it up, um, which was great. It was so great to have my own space and it was exciting to run it, but it was definitely a lot. Uh, Cause when you, you own a gym, you don't realize that you are everything. You're the janitor, you're the accountant, you're now dealing with staff. You're now, there's a lot of stuff that has to go into it. So it's not just yeah. dealing with people now. You're now dealing with like a whole other animal of things. And at the same time, you're also not really making any money because you're literally, yes, you're working all the time, but you still got to pay for all the upkeep and stuff like that. So it's like, it's sort of, it's crazy. So anyways, enjoyed doing the gym. Um, but then during that, I started realizing that, like, I don't know if I'm really liking owning this gym, but I felt like I kind of was, like, obligated to keep it. I'm like, I kind of need, I should keep it. These, I have these people, they, like, really care about me. So during that time, you know, I, again, I was still doing the fitness competitions, doing really well with them. I was able to win Miss Fitness America. Uh, when Bratty and I were there as well, we, were, we did the competition. Um, I think she was at that competition, actually. Um, so I was able to do all these awesome things with that. And then I randomly got a call to be an American Ninja Warrior. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to try this thing now and see what happens. So did American Ninja Warrior. Uh, the first time did pretty well, but, you know, not like amazing. Didn't really know what it was. Second time around, I go back in. This is while I'm owning the gym. And uh, I went up tearing my ACL um, on season 10. So my other one now. So I turned my left one and now the right one. And what's crazy is I was so strong. I was... I was killing it. I felt stronger than I ever had before. I was crushing the course when I tore it. Um, and I couldn't believe, I'm like, I never thought this would happen again. Like who, who, how would that, how did this happen? Like I literally was so strong, did all the training I needed to, had a trainer, everything. Um, but it really opened my eyes because as soon as I hurt myself and I was down for the count, I was just kind of like, all right, like, I guess 
if I don't want to own this gym and I want to have bigger dreams, I need to just do this now because, you know, I think I forget how old I was at the time, maybe like 26 or something. I was just like, I got to do this now. Cause I mean, I could always come back and like reopen a gym if I wanted to, but like, mm. I'm not going to have now, like my body, I don't know how long I'm going to have this body clearly. Cause I just tore my other leg to do all these cool things. So <laughs> I wound up literally like within a couple of months, like decided I was going to shut down the gym, how to go through that whole process it was horrible. How to like say goodbye to everybody. Um, this time when I left though, you know, you really don't have any money. Cause it's like, even when you shut down the gym and you sell everything, it's still like, okay. So I had to leave. I've moved back to New Jersey and in my dad's house. Cause I knew it was going to be free. And I was like, I'm just going to commute to the city every single day and just figure it out. Like I had literally had no, no idea what I was going to do. Uh, so started commuting to the city every single day. I uh, was sleeping on people's couches. I mean, literally you name it probably was like meeting people and be like, Hey, can I sleep on your couch? Can I sleep on your couch? Um, I was able to do a ton of stuff, get a lot done in the city. And it really evolved into like, which crazy me. I just somehow met the right people. I just kept putting myself in the places with the people I wanted to be like all the time. And then all of a sudden it was like, I'm, I'm in it. I'm like part of the New York scene. It's literally, totally, totally insane. Um, and then I wound up getting a call back for Ninja Warrior again, my knee was starting to heal up and was able to go back, crush the course this time you know, have a great story, you know, show that you can come back from an injury. Um, and now basically I'm just, you know, running my businesses online now. Um, I do a lot of stuff with women's health and like big, um, big names like that here in the city, which is pretty awesome. Um, but the journey was just like, so not everyone always thinks like, they're like, I think a lot of people lately have been asking me like, how did you get on women's health? How'd you do that? I'm like, it literally didn't just like happen like that. Like I worked really hard and I really had to meet the right people, do the right things, um, in order to get myself there. So basically that's where I'm at now. I mean, we're obviously right now in the middle of COVID. So in the middle of COVID, uh, my whole business is shifted online. Um, I teach pull-ups online, um, which is really exciting and fun. Um, and yeah, basically my whole business right now is literally just help people online, get stronger, share my story, share my message. Um, and that's basically, I guess that's basically my story. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> That, that's like a crazy whirlwind. Um, amazing. And the online business, is it the pull-up re re revolution? Is that it? Yeah. So I called it revolution. So basically what happened was uh, I ran an event one day uh, for women's health. Uh, my gym that I was at, they were like, hey, we need someone to host an event for women's health. Would you want to do it? I'm like, absolutely. So like I hosted the workout. And when I was there, I met the editor, Liz Plosser. And her and I connected. I don't really fully remember how we connected. I think she was just like, hey, like, will you personal train me like a couple times? I'm like, absolutely. Like, totally come on in. Like, I'll train you. Um, and as was I'm training her, I'm like really starting to enjoy being with her. And her goal was I want to get a pull up. And I'm like, absolutely. Like, let's get you a pull up. But she's like, I want to get a pull up. I need to get it in like 14 days. And I was like, all right. I was like, I'm like, here's the deal. I'm like, challenge accepted. I was like, but if you want to get your pull up in 14 days, you can't just do the work with me in the gym. You have to, I'm going to give you stuff to do outside the gym on your own. And you have to do it. That's the only way you're going to be able to do this. Um, so we went on the adventure together, 14 days, uh, took her through it all. And uh, we actually went, you know, shooting um, something like literally a couple months later with a pull up in it with her whole editor letter. And I became so addicted with how she felt when she finally got that pull up. It was 14 days. She actually got it during the 14 days. She got one pull up. Um, and I realized through that process that like, I, this is what I love doing. I was like, I love helping people get pull-ups because especially women, they feel like it's totally impossible. And 
the issue is that a lot of people just don't have the right breakdown for it. They're just like literally jumping up there and just trying a bunch of random stuff. But just like anything you do in life, um, there's drills, there's things to guide you there. There's a, there's a quicker way to get there. And if you yeah. have somebody helping you, you can get there a lot faster. So that's literally because of her is why I created the bullet program. And it's been really cool to help people. My goal is to get like, my goal somehow is to get a thousand bullets for people in 2020. I think we're at like 75. So I'm pretty proud uh, of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, um, I struggle with pull-ups myself and it's for some reason, my lats are just, just do not work. And I've dislocated my shoulder from rugby, but pretty sure you'd, you'd be able to help me. So I might have to uh, enroll in, in the revolution. Yes. And it's, it's so dope, right? You feel like when you, I love like the revolution name, because the reason I called it pull-up revolution was because I wanted people to revolutionize the way they feel about their body. <laughs> like it's not so much even just getting the pull-up. It's like that confidence you get from pulling up. Like you feel different like when you mm. get it. Um, it's not just a pull-up, um, which is why I've got to become so obsessed with it. This round, especially that we just, I just had a graduating class and the class just started again. I only mm. take 30 people at a time um, for my program because what I feel that's happening a lot of time online is that these programs are taking so many people that you're not able to actually give people the attention they deserve. Um, so my mission statement was literally like, we need to make sure like I have a team who was helping me and we were literally, I was like, the only thing I'm not getting rid of, I was like, I know money, this money, that I was like, we're not getting rid of quality and we're making sure that these people mm. get the, like the attention that they need through these 30 days. Like we are there to really push them to do this. Mm. And that's awesome because a lot of, not a lot, but you know, there are some practitioners out there who would not worry about the quality, but the fact that you're capping it and really giving them that, that attention to detail um, is amazing because a lot of trainers, when I was living in Boston, you know, there's a very small community as well who really sort of were passionate about helping people and helping them achieve their goals. And if that's a pull up, you know, you're going to help them achieve that. And then maybe it'll open their eyes and they'll see um, how easy it is to, to achieve a challenge and hopefully be able to apply that in other areas of their life. Exactly. Exactly. I do think that's a big thing. And again, it's like, I obviously realize that, you know, it's a business and you need to make money and I totally get that, but I've seen more success money wise when I stopped worrying about the dollar signs and started worrying more about the impact and what I can really do to help people because people mm. really do see that. And then they, they do gravitate towards that more. Um, so I was trying to tell people and they, I know people are like, yeah, 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 whatever. But it's true. Like if you, if you really care and you are really doing something quality to really help people, people see that. And after a while, it's not the money part's not going to really, it's just going to be there, you know? Mm. And so you said that a lot of people, you know, kind of look at where you're at now with the level of success and just, you know, it's, oh, how did you get there? It just happened overnight. And and you said, you know, it's a lot of people will know that it's it's a constant struggle and it's a challenge. And do you think, um, you know, maybe one of the defining moments for you was that second ACL tear? Like, as you said, you know, after that and you'd recovered, you decided, you know, the gym's not for me and to move forward. Do you think that um, helped build the resilience in you and the fight to, to pursue what you're really passionate about? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think I always had that, like, passion, just go for it type of mentality. But I do feel like a lot of times you feel like you get, you, like, say, like, again, with the gym, you feel like you started the gym and, like, you're stuck there. Like, it's, like, it's also when you get a degree, you feel like you're stuck with that degree and you have to only do what's in that degree. Um, and then when I tore that ACL, it's, like, almost like everything, like, flashed before my eyes for a second. And I was just, like, no, if I want to go change any, everything, let's say if I even wanted to, like, change and not even do fitness anymore, like, I can do that. You're allowed to do that. Like, that's what this life is about. It's about going for it. But again, you got to go for it now. Like, you know, a lot of people, what I feel is happening 
And again, I feel like I was kind of there too. You kind of get paralyzed. You know, you, you don't really know what to do, where to start. And the truth is like, you know, when people ask me again, how I got here today, it was just that I kept going. Like I just kept going and showing up in some way for what I knew that I wanted. And that seemed literally impossible. Um, like at so many times, I mean, there's so many times things I even want now just seem so impossible, but I look back and I'm just like, all right, well, so did what I have right now. It felt impossible, but I just didn't stop. I just kept going and I kept doing something. Um, so I think people just get so paralyzed and they don't do anything and you just need to show up and take messy action and just go and just do something to get there. So you've torn both ACLs. Um, obviously, you had already done it in college and you'd lived that experience. But do you think doing it earlier in life helped prepare you for what you were face or what you would face doing it the second time around? Yeah, I was definitely prepared. I mean, at first when I tore it, I was literally remember crying on the phone to my friend being like, no, this is going to suck. And I remember her being like, Angela, I promise you, like you are this once, like you're going to be able to, like, this time is going to be easier. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not easier. Um, it definitely was easier because I was a lot smarter, right? Because the first time, like I said, I was like partying and whatever. And I realized the first time that, you know, I didn't do some of the stuff that I should have done. Like uh, the first time I didn't really rehab it beforehand, before the surgery, because I just like, was just so like distraught and just didn't want to do anything. But what you really should do when you tear your ACL before you get surgery is you should rehab. You can still use your leg. You can still do stuff with your leg. You want to make sure you get it as strong as possible before you get into the surgery. So, so when you get out of it, you actually heal faster because you have, you already have that strength. If you go in weak, it's going to be so hard to like build that strength up again. Mm. Um, so I did whatever I could to rehab it beforehand. I was really smart about it. I ate better. I prepped myself better. I knew exactly what I was going to do there. Um, mindset wise, I tried to prep myself, like, you know, making sure that I had some kind of plan that I was going to like journal or something every single day. Um, at this point, obviously I, I don't really, I don't really drink. So it's like, that wasn't an issue before. Like just, mm. I you know I was making sure I was eating healthier, taking better care of my body. But yeah, I definitely learned so much more the second time, um, mentally and physically. And I was able to share my story this time, which is really what has made me like made me really big on Ninja Warrior is the fact that I was able to share the entire process with people. Um, and I documented it, wrote about it sent my articles to this shape and stuff like that. So I wanted people to know exactly how I was feeling. Um, because although like on Instagram, I was doing some fun stuff, hanging off the bar with my crutches and doing all that stuff. Like there's a lot more that was going on. And I want people to, to realize that like what they're going through is okay uh, with the injury. And I still get people now, I literally get messages all the time from that one article I wrote on shape. They literally will message me being like that article saved me because I tore my ACL and I just thought it was over. Um, so I'm like, this is like literally my why. This is like literally what mm. this has happened for type of thing. Yeah. And I've, I've been there too. Uh, when I was training in Boston, I was playing rugby there and I had a pretty major injury as well. I, I uh, fractured my fib and tips. It's basically like a broken ankle, but um, going through that experience, I felt equipped me more or gave me more knowledge, like you said, um, to also help other people who have gone through injuries as well. So prehab and rehab. Do you think going through a traumatic injury like that also added to the knowledge and skill set um, that you had to help other people as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was so much, I'm so much more knowledgeable and I learned so, and then especially the second time, like I said, I really took notes on what every, what everyone was saying, what I also really learned, like what was not right with my body. Cause in my head, I'm like, why did this injury even happen? And I finally found this amazing PT and the first thing he did was test my core. And he was just like, your core is weak. And I'm like, I'm like, I have a six pack. Like I'm a fitness like America. 
And he's like, that does not mean you're strong. That does not mean, just because you look that way, does not mean you actually have a strong, stable core. Um, and what's so crazy is that because of that core situation that I had, to, I had to go through this whole process of getting my core actually strong and doing really boring exercises. I actually, during quarantine, created that core revolution program, which people are doing for that reason. Because literally people were just like, oh, I'm feeling in my back. I'm not, I'm not feeling right with my body. I'm like, you guys need a stronger core. So I literally made a program because of that. And I put all the knowledge that I learned from that injury into this. Um, and I literally, they just finished it actually today, a bunch of people. They're like, I literally like, can't believe how much I've learned during this. Like, I actually know how I'm using my body now. And I was like, I wish I had that. <laughs> So it's like you almost have to create things that like you wish you had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so hard, as you said, like um, physical appearance versus, you know, that, that inner strength. It's, that's hard to sell because you can't see it, right? And it's like, hey, if you do this silly little exercise, you're actually going to be really strong and healthy and, and it's going to benefit you. But they're like, man, I want the eight pack or the big guns. It's, like, oh, it's so hard to communicate that message. <laughs> Exactly. It's so hard. We actually, the, the group that I have now, um, it's called the strong feels good group. And I just really, that's the message I really want to give to people is strong really feels, it feels really good and it mm. strong will look good also. Yeah. It will look good. So I always tell people to stop focus on their physical, what they're looking like. I mean, obviously it's okay if you have goals for stuff like that, but it's like focus on the strength and not only are you going to look better, you're going to feel better. Again, you're going to feel more confident. You're going to have this power that you never thought you could have. Um, so that's again another reason why I love doing the pull-ups because with the pull-ups it's like these people will get the pull-ups and then when we look back on their before pictures and their whole body is completely different um, strength-wise and I'm like see I'm like you didn't focus on what you looked like once and you look now the way you always wanted to look um, mm. just because you focus on a skill and something exciting and I'm like and you can do some really cool shit now <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you can go on Ninja Warrior <laughs> Yeah, you can go. You can be a ninja. When people say that to me, that like they literally think I'm like crazy, and I'm like, no, let's do it. Like, how are we? What are we gonna do? Like, how yeah. are we gonna get you? Like, we're gonna start with pull ups, and then we're gonna do rope climbs. They're like, what is going on with this girl? <laughs> so you've had a, a few obvious um, roadblocks along the way, but so far in your journey, what has been or what have been some of the biggest challenges for you? Ooh, that's so tough. Um, I mean, so many challenges for sure. I think one of the challenges is comparison. Um, you definitely compare yourself. I mean, there's some people right now who are literally messaging me like, I want to do what you do. I want to be like you. And I'm literally, I'm, off, I'm looking at someone above me and I'm like, oh my God, I want to be like them and I want to do that. Um, and sometimes I guess like you, it can, you can get really caught up in it um, and just really thinking like, you know, like, am I ever going to be good enough or the way I want to be? So I think that, you know, mindset wise, it's definitely one of the challenges for me. Um, I've definitely been getting better with that because again, you can you can totally look up to people and want to be like them, but you can't get like again let it paralyze you and be like, oh my god, I'm never gonna be like that. It's like why not? Why can't you be? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's definitely been hard. Um, trusting your gut and realizing that um, if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. I think that was one of my challenges uh, when I came to the city. I actually started working at this gym for a little while called Grit. I mean, I probably shouldn't say the name, but whatever. Um, started working at this gym, um, and I kind of knew from the beginning that it didn't feel right to me. It didn't feel authentic, but uh, they were paying ridiculous money, and everybody I showed the contact to, they were just like, you have to take this. Like, you'd be super dumb not to take it. Mm -hmm. um, so I took it, and while I was doing it, I was realizing this wasn't for me. Again, they were very, you know, money-driven, and it wasn't the message I was trying to portray to people when they work out. Um, 
I'm glad that I did it, but also I, you know, the challenge I've realized is that like, it didn't feel right from the beginning, but I still pushed myself to do it. And I should recognizing that feeling and being like, okay, if that doesn't feel right, you don't need to do it. Like, <laughs> don't need to do it. So I definitely think that's been a challenge uh, for sure. And a like that I'm learning on my journey. Um, I'm trying to think of what else has been a challenge. Um, I mean, obviously I've gone through so many different things, but I mean, I yeah. guess those are like the main ones right now. Um, yeah. But I, it was the big ones. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I guess mindset, as you said, you know, that's, that's a huge challenge. I think it's, it's only human nature to always maybe want to be like someone else or feel jealousy. And I think everybody has that mindset as well. And it's hard to, to fight, but um, obviously done amazing work. And I think, for everybody at the moment, you know, going through something as crazy as a global pandemic can also allow people to reflect and look in and be thankful for and grateful for what you have. So, um, you know, I catch myself always looking at other people and be like, damn, I wish I had ABC. But then a moment like this, something as crazy as a pandemic can just make you reflect and hopefully be grateful for what you got. Absolutely. I think you definitely always need to be grateful. I think gratitude is a giant factor. I mean, I write three things I'm grateful for every single day. Um, and I know some people will be like, yeah, that's stupid, whatever. It is not like you literally, you need to make sure you do those and you need to make sure you write the things you're grateful for during a pandemic or during the times where you're really feeling like shit or like that you need to write them down then, especially, mm -hmm. um, and see that and open your eyes to that. There's a lot you do have, and there's a lot of good qualities that you do have. Um, and you need to, you know, love that. Another thing that really helped me. Um, I actually went on a retreat before all this pandemic thing happened. Um, I'm so grateful to go on this retreat, actually. Um, I don't know if you know Coach Brian Nunez, but he's a Nike trainer, and I just look, I just love his messaging, and he's just absolutely incredible. So he invited me on his retreat, um, and he made us write down some things that really kind of uh, figure out our clarity uh, for life, which really opened my eyes. Um, I'm trying to think of what the all of them was, but the biggest one that he wrote us tells to wrote down or write down the things you're not willing to tolerate. Um, and I thought that was major because that's where I got my whole message of if it doesn't feel right, then it's probably not right. Like, you know, what, what are, there's a lot of things that I wrote on my list when I decided to write about things I didn't tolerate that if I were to look at that job again, if I had that list, I would have been like, oh no, I don't tolerate all these things, you know? Um, and I think that's really important for you to find clarity in what you want to figure out the things you don't tolerate and to figure out, um, what was the other one? Uh, things you don't tolerate, you should write down your strengths. What are you, what are your strengths? What are you really strong at? Write all of them down. Um, you know, you obviously can write down your weaknesses because that's important too, but really what are your strengths? Cause you can like mm. focus on your strengths for sure. Um, and then basically what is, what is your mission? What's your vision type of thing? So writing down your, your, your mission statement and, and following that always, um, like what is your mission and what do you stand for? Um, I think those three things of just writing them down were really made a difference for me this year, especially because I really stuck to what I believed in, no matter what, no matter if somebody tried to change it or if nobody or what anyone said or whatever I was doing, I just stuck to my own mission. Um, so I think it's really important to write those things down. Yeah. And um, I, I kind of went through a similar transformative stage a couple of years ago when I moved back to New Zealand. Um, don't know if you've heard of Brene Brown, like reading her book, Daring Greatly. It's about um you know opening up and being vulnerable but 
before yeah. I would have read books like that, I would have found it hard to write down non-negotiables or like when you go into a job interview and they're like, what are your strengths? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And then what are your weaknesses? And you just blurt them out. How hard for you was it to kind of identify your non-negotiables or how um, was it kind of like, a, oh, I didn't know that I, those were non-negotiables and I've actually, you know, put myself through those. Was that kind of like an aha moment for you? Oh, totally. I mean, totally. I was so happy that we were sitting there doing that. Um, cause literally as I'm writing them down, like I'm literally looking at my life and I'm like, wow, like literally there's so many things that like, I was just like letting it happen, like letting them go. It's not only just with, you know, with, and but you know, the other thing you said is how you do one thing is how you do everything. So all this stuff was literally like translating into my relationships in life. It was in for my friends and stuff like that for my business. I mean, everything, it was literally all go. I'm like, wow, this is literally crazy. But I think it's really important because once you identify it, the biggest issue I think is that, you know, like, you know, it took you a while as well too to identify, once you identify it, like it makes your life a lot easier because you really start to figure out again, what you really want, what you stand for. Um, I just think it's, but yeah, definitely an aha moment when I finally wrote them down and saw them on paper. And I was like, wow, <laughs> like, this is it. I, I get it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I've just got one more question. Um, but what is your goal? Like, where do you see yourself going forward from today? Oh, so crazy. So we actually, so I very, I'm very lucky, but I just, during this whole time, I think it's gotten really big for me. I was actually able to have a team. I have a team now. So I have someone, two people helping me, which I'm really excited about. Um, which I do suggest if you're an entrepreneur at a certain point, you have to just hire people to help you. Like seriously, uh, it helps a lot. Um, so we were just talking about that today. We're like, where do we see this brand going? Cause it just kind of like took off on accident. We just kind of went with like, again, how we were feeling. We're like, all right, let's see this. We feel like this feels right. People need this. Um, so I personally want to do more. I want to be more of a personality. I like, do want to help people, but I want to be a personality for fitness and things like that. Um, and be that person to share these messages about strength and educate people. Because again, there's a lot of stuff out there. So I just want to be that positive, authentic voice for people. Um, so my next steps for me is I want to see myself, like, again, more on camera, more um, to reach larger audiences and stuff like that. And again, for the right reason, um, really, again, to really help people um, with their stages of life. So I definitely want to do that. I had some, like, speaking events that were booked before this. So I definitely will do some speaking and stuff like that. Um, and then I really want to travel the world. Um, <laughs> that's definitely what I want to do. I want to travel the world and travel to gyms. Um, so I want to, again, have this, you know, background, this revolution program, but be able to travel the world. And now I can maybe meet some of these people um, and do a bunch of stuff there and go to different gyms and learn from them and what their techniques are and stuff like that. So we kind of have a big vision here of what this is going to turn into. Um, but, and again, as I sit there and I wrote down those goals and I was like, this is what I want to do. I, I don't, I'm sure you've done this as well, but you write them down. They're kind of scary. You're like, you're like, can I do this? Like, is this mm. like, is this, is this possible? And then again, you look back and you're like, well, I just did all this stuff. So I guess if I want to travel the world and, you know, do all this stuff and, you know, be on camera more, like it's possible, right? Some way. Um, yeah. So that's definitely where I see myself going with everything because as much as I love, I love training people online and getting pull-ups and like, I'll definitely always do that. But, um, I just think it's so important to really make sure like you're not just, again, it, it's your work, right? So you get really absorbed into it, not working all the time and really being present and seeing the world around you, I think is really important. Um, at least that's like what makes me happy. So I'm like, gotta go for that. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, you'll have to um, you'll have to come down to New Zealand when you're uh, traveling. Traveling. Yeah, I mean, I did. I did. Um, in what year was it? I just randomly called Bronte. I was like, I'm coming, and I, I, we were in. I was in New Zealand, I think, for like two weeks with her, running around. It was great. Nice. Did you enjoy the time? Yeah. Are you are you Auckland though, or are you? Yeah, I'm in Auckland as well. So we did like all, that's north, right? Yeah. yeah. We did all north. We didn't do any of the south. So I would love to come back and like go with her and do like the south part of it. Yeah. It's um, two different sort of uh, environments, but I mean, both both islands are absolutely beautiful. But um, yeah, Auckland City's kind of like, it's not the capital, but it's the biggest city. So it's kind of like where you want to live if, you know, more opportunity work-wise and everything. Yeah, it's it seemed really awesome. We also went to like Hobbiting, so I obviously wanted to go there. We went to some oh, yeah. like uh, yeah, I, I always say it wrong, the Maldives. We went to the the village one of the villages and stayed there. Um we did a bunch we we road tripped a bunch of places too, so it wasn't just in Auckland, but yeah. It was oh, beautiful. Awesome. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, thank you for taking the time to chat today. Really appreciate it. Of course, thank you so much for having me. Um, if you ever need anything, just let me know. Um, I know I'm like crazy busy, but again, I appreciate you having me and being patient with trying to figure out a time. I was like, I, when I saw you booked a time, I was like, thank God. You yeah. just took an issue and booked it. <laughs> I, I'm just slowly learning to be a little more, um, yeah, decisive and just say a time and then they'll say yes or no. I think it was perfect. I was like, this is great. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like that works. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, thanks. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Of course, you too. All right, see you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that first episode back um, after a short break, about a six-month hiatus for me. I actually recorded this episode um, probably about June or July last year, so um, it took me a while to get it out, but um, some awesome, awesome gems there by Angela. Uh, I've got a couple more episodes coming out um, back to back to back, so... Um, Get yourself ready for some more success recipe interviews.